This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Otago Access Radio, in partnership with Otago Polytech, brings you Blowing Bubbles. Blowing Bubbles brings you positive conversations with people in their bubbles around the world. How are people living their bubble lives? Working from home, keeping kids entertained, and staying connected and getting exercise. And how are these things presenting us with the opportunities to find new ways of living? Every weekday, the Sustainable Lens team of Samuel Mann, Shan Gallagher and Mara Karatai reach out from their bubbles to chat with interesting and positive people around the world. Broadcast on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz and sustainablelens.org. Bringing connection, joy, kindness and peace in the days ahead. Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyers Bay in Dunedin, and I am joined in Fakatani by Mawera Karatai. Good afternoon, Mawera. Good Sam. How are you? Very well. Middle of the week. Yay! It's almost the weekend. It is almost the weekend. Have you got any good plans for the weekend? Going to Auckland to visit people, that kind of thing? <laughs> Actually, someone said to me, I've got friends coming down from Auckland for the weekend. I said, no, you don't. And they're like, yeah, I do. No, you actually don't. <laughs> actually and don't. it took a while for him to clue into that. <laughs> yeah. No visiting Rainbow's End. No way, Jose. And There's a COVID line. There is. And who are we talking with today? Today we are speaking to someone who I think is one of the most optimistic people I've ever met in my life who can even find positive things to think about COVID. His name is Ratahi Cross and he is the chair of Na um, Tukairangi Trust, which is the largest Māori kiwi fruit grower in the world, um, based here uh, up in the North Island. On the east, all up the east coast, um, and his perspective has been really interesting because there was no um, through lockdown. There was no opportunity for him to really just stop because the kiwi fruit kept going. So it's going to be really cool talking to you today. Thank you for joining us, Gatahi. We really appreciate it. Uh, kia ora, Mawera and Sam. Nice to see you both. Um, <clears throat> look, let's just have a chat about. Um, about my industry, which is which is kiwi fruit and the hort industry, and we do some other things as well. But um, where did we go to when COVID hit us? We went nowhere. We went to work, as everybody <laughs> should. So we went off to work, and um, and with a few changes here and there, we were able to uh, to pick all our fruit, process all our fruit, and get it offshore and into the market services as quickly as we could. I think we've had a fantastic season, um, with all things considered, around COVID. Um, you know, uh, as as far as the industry was concerned, anyway. Uh, if we if we talk about um, what that means to um, to participants in the industry, I think there's some good stuff and there's some not so good stuff that we need to talk about. Um, <clears throat> firstly, there was the opportunity to employ a lot of people who were unemployed um, because of COVID. And I thought that was a fantastic opportunity for people predominantly from the tourism industry. Um, that helped a lot. Um, I think that the old Kiwi ingenuity thing um, uh, came t- to play and uh, we uh, we needed workers and we needed to find them from somewhere. 
And so uh, we went looking and then, you know, hey, you put in, hey, I've got a couple of vans, I can pick up some workers or I've got a spare bus and we can chuck people onto that. And, uh, and we got them across to, um, to Tauranga, Te Puke, and got them working. Uh, I don't say it was perfect, but for probably 80% of the time, it went reasonably well. And the result is that we picked some, some great fruit and, and, uh, and we had a great return for that. I think on the downside of, of uh, probably in the industry was we've, we've, um, we've struggled to, to take care of our, um, of our um, RSC workers from offshore. Um, there was one particular incident down in Hawke's Bay that was quite horrible. Um, it might be subject to to some processes, so I won't go into detail or mention any names. Um, but I think that uh, the mistreatment that I I saw online and uh, social media was absolutely horrendous and and inexcusable. Um, and, and that kind of behaviour by contractors is something we don't do, and it's not acceptable in this day and age. It was a shocker. Um, we we're better than that. The the industry we're in is better than that. Horticulture is a very, very friendly industry. I think that um, there may have been other mitigating factors. You know, stress levels were high, wondering what to do with people after work run out. Um, how much do I have to pay? Where do I have to find the money? Uh, all of those sort of factors were drawn into it, and, and they can be quite stressful for some people. I don't know what the full particulars are around that, around that issue, but... The behaviour I saw displayed was unacceptable. It doesn't matter what circumstances, it's just bloody unacceptable. Um, I think that the positives out of that, which is what we've got to look for, is the positives all the time. The positives out of that was a great announcement by the chairman of Ngāti Kahanunu Iwi Incorporated. That was Ngāhiwi Tōmoana, who actually said, hey, we as a runanga, we as a people, we want to be able to manage these um, these guests of ours, these these relations of ours, these whanonga from around the Pacific who are coming here and working here. We want to be a part of their day-to-day life. We can take care of them. And it's, it's a, a great positive that's coming out of it. Um, it, it doesn't take uh, rocket science to work out that Māori are very good at looking after people. It, it's, it's second nature to us. You know, we, we can make a feast out of a, an old boot. And uh, and so <laughs> and we can all shelter in the same shed. But I mean, it's it's that it's it's that beautiful manaki tanga that's Maori that actually allows us to survive in some pretty terrible states at times. But it comes to the fore, and and it's you know yourself, Maori. When when that when that beast gets rolling and that manaki tanga kicks in, we're just all there. All hands and thumbs and boots and all just right in for, for for the go of it and and I think that what what um, Nachi Kahanunu is saying down in Hawke's Bay is let us have a go of taking care of these people year in year out and um, and that can only be positive. So I think that a chat, I think that a chat with the powers of be uh, both involved in government, um, MBIE and um, and probably the industry and iwi. It, it's about time we sat down and had a chat about the way we take care of people. You were about to say something, Moira. There's a there's a difference in um, in motivation for that care, isn't there? So um, the contractor would be motivated by money, 
and how does he profit from, well, presumably, you know, that's his business, how does his business profit from these workers, whereas Ngāti Kahununu will be motivated by their pride in caring for, as you say, for Apananga, who come from overseas. So it's, it's a really different mindset, isn't it? It, it, it is, and then it isn't. It, it, it is a different mindset from it being a contractual arrangement between worker and employer. Um, but when you're actually adding in the factor of of um, of pastoral care, which is something that's a little bit different to, to you being responsible for A, B, and C, pastoral care for for Māori and in, in our in our way of thinking things doesn't go A, B, C. It goes A all the way to Z. And and so once um, and and they're actually good principles. Uh, they're good principles in business as well. They work in business. Um, there's a famous old saying, I think Alexander the Great used it, and he said, look, my army marches on its stomach, so if I feed them well, they'll fight well. And um, and that's that saying has come through the centuries, and it works. It actually is true. If you take care of all the pastoral parts to, to a worker's uh, life, daily life, you will get the best worker or the best person that you want to invest uh, into your company. So this isn't about um, a dollar factor anymore. Nothing in, in, in this world. It should all change now. COVID has brought around a different sense of, of thinking uh, for business. It should be about what do I need to get the best out of what I can get. And everything that I'm talk, thinking about doesn't need to be a cost. It needs to be an investment. So, so just, just forget everything else and just think of it as um, the way it's, it's very similar to how we think about the economy. People measure the economy in dollar factors. That's a load of bullshit. The economy never was measured in dollar factors. The economy should always be measured in how much good energy I provide to my family unit and how much good energy that unit provides to our larger family tapu group or our larger community, as we would say in general, and how much energy, positive energy is provided by that community into our nation. It's a very, very simple thing. The more positive energy you have flowing from the single unit to the multiple unit, the better we will be. And that doesn't come with a dollar value. It comes with a, a thing that I call a positive energy. We call it manakitanga. <laughs> I was going to say, do you think that there is a, a relationship between manakitanga and the be kind message that the government's been been using? It, it, it probably it probably is. Um, be kind is is just um, be kind is a, is a rational of, about feeling. Um, everybody knows how to be kind. It's, it's probably a very appropriate um, usage of the English language by by our, our government leaders. In that kind, you hear the word kind, you hear everything that's nice. That even sounds nice. The word kind sounds nice. Um, but but monarchy is a, is a bigger thing. Monarchy is about making sure everything is balanced, and and that's that's a little bit more than being kind. Um, when the prime minister, she should use monarchy quite often because monarchy is where she's really headed. She's headed towards balancing our desire to make sure that everybody is safe, around making sure that the production of energy by every member of our nation is actually helped with a with a leg up to keep increasing. So the recovery process. Um, for our uh, for our nation is all part and encompassed in that manaki um, So so kind's a good start. Should teach her a few Māori words. She might uh, she might pick those things up.
We've seen it being used as the basis for not just communication, but the basis for for policy. What do you think we have to do to get it to be used as the basis for for business? You've said that there are some elements in you know in in your area, but that's because you were probably thinking that anyway. What do we need to do to to get that up front as a driving principle? It, it is hard when you consider that um, we've we've always had a, a very capitalistic type system, and um, based around I I invest a dollar I want I want a dollar ten cents back, and so we've been we've been conditioned to think about the return on investment or you know, ROIs I hate that word, um, we've we've got we've got the understanding as people New Zealanders do that they haven't. They've had it for many, many years, many generations. We have the understanding that there's more to life than just a dollar, and uh, but we've always struggled in bringing those two concepts together. This thing of everybody can share equally, and this capitalistic view of I need to make a ten cents more for every dollar that I, I invest. Um, they can actually they can merge quite well, and and they can be profitable for those who are requiring that profit. They can be more profitable as the argument. We've got to give them. You can get more than a dollar ten cents. You put a dollar in, you get more than ten cents. You can actually get twenty cents back um, because what you're doing is every time you create the environment for a worker um, to be happy, you get great production. It doesn't matter what industry you're in, you get great production. Whether you're planting, picking, packaging, uh, in the manufacture industry, if everybody is happy, the energy levels are high. The, the gossip on the floor is high, the gossip under the vines is high, the laughter, the fun. Um, and and I, I know this to be true. I grew up in Hawke's Bay uh, when our families used to go and camp alongside the orchards. Uh, when it was time to harvest, everybody would camp there. The bus would come and pick up all the school kids, take them away. You'd be in these uh, lumen um, canvas tents. And, and mum and dad would all go out and, and pick the apples in the orchards. Um, and there was laughter. There was always fun. And a big fires on the side doing preserving fruit, all, all the fruit that didn't get picked. It was just a whole community. The industry became the community, and the community was the industry. And, and so all we've got to do is remember those worked, and they did. They created great wealth for, the, for, for our country and our nation. We just need to, to trim a bit off being dollar-focused and a bit more in being community-focused. And, and I tell you what, Give it a try, and the business will work. Let's take the first of your music choices. Let's have Redemption. Why this one? Oh, that's Bob. I've loved Bob ever since <laughs> I had my first Topus in Green. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I love the words. Always have loved the words of Bob Marley, and, and uh, the Redemption song is, is a, a world favourite. It, it talks to us about about being fear. That's what it does. It talks to us about being fear. It reaches right into your heart and, um, you know, have no time for atomic energy. Um, it, it means you don't have to focus on, on those things that are material. You know, you need to focus on things that are good for your mind. Sold I to the merchant ships 
Minutes after day to cry From the bottomless pit But my hand was made strong By the end of the Almighty We forward in this generation Triumphantly Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever have Redemption songs Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our mind Oh, have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop at the time How long shall they kill our prophets While we stand aside and look Yes, some say it's just a part of it We've got to fulfill the book Won't you help to sing These songs of freedom Cause all I ever had Redemption songs All I ever had Redemption songs These songs of freedom Songs of freedom So of all of the changes you've seen over the last eight months or so, the societal level changes, what do you think is going to stick and what do you hope will stick? You know, um, if you the value of care that we have as New Zealanders is something that's that really isn't isn't available. I don't think I've ever seen anything like our value of care around the world. And I've traveled the world a long, long time and over many, many years. Um, I, I find that we have a uniqueness about our value of care for each other. Uh, when we went 
into lockdown, we didn't complain about going into lockdown. We just went into lockdown. And it's not because we went there and did as we were told. We went there because we cared. And um, and although we've gone into lockdown in some places like Auckland now, it's it's quite um, it's quite astounding how much um, the rest of New Zealand cares about what, what's happening in Auckland. And and yes, we do have the odd the odd you know scaremonger conspiracy kind of guy going off on Facebook and other social media things, but the majority of New Zealanders care about what's happening at home. At that house in Manurewa, Ponsonby, you know, Otara, they care about what exactly is happening there. Uh, just yesterday, one of my cousins um, uh, gave me a call and said, "Look, have you got any fruit left in the in the pack house that you can get? We can get up to Auckland." And I'm going, "Wow, this is a cousin that rang me from Christchurch to say, have I got any fruit left in the in the in the, in the uh, cool store in Tauranga to go to Auckland?" So, so this care. This, this this wanting to care for New Zealanders is still national. It's still right across our nation. And if you set aside, like I said, all these little gossip mongers and stuff, and you just think about those that care, you know, you count up how many people on your Facebook that says to you, hey, you know, I hope my family's good up in Auckland. I wonder what I can do to help. You add those up, and they are the vast majority of this nation. We are a caring nation. We care about every one of us. Um, the other thing that, that's, that, that comes out of this as well is that we as, as Māori have, have some real open fears about um, about the, the last time the referefa was here or, or the flu virus was here. It was quite devastating to our, our communities. Um, we still care for those communities. We're still very, very... Um, uh, positively active in the way we want to shut down our, our communities um, to ensure that uh, those who are vulnerable are safe. We want, And yet we still care about what's happening in the epicentre of this latest community um, spread of COVID. We still care about what's happening in South Auckland. So, hey, I want to lock down home, but I also want to take care of you up there as well. I'm aware that you're in trouble. I'm aware that you're having problems, and I care that you, you need my help. Um, that is something that's truly amazing about our nation. Do you think that we need to treasure it? I mean, I know we do treasure it, but what do we need to do to make sure that we don't swing the other way? Because there are forces who would like to say, well, yeah, that's all very nice, but we need to get this business open. How do we position ourselves to, to, to keep caring? I think that, that, you know, and to put it in its right perspective, there's always been people that have wanted to get the business open. Um, we've, we've seen it on we've seen it on many news uh, reports. We've seen it in journalist um, reports in magazines, online, social media, all around the world. There's always been a strive to get the business going. But I think what we've what we've come to, um, and and uh, and it's probably across the majority of businesses I've. I've had dealings with is a realization that yes, we do need to get the business going, but we do need to care as well, and we do need to be careful. And uh, I think that growth of that um, that realization within um, business is growing a lot faster than the loud voices who say get it going. Um, you usually find that um, that uh, nutters—that's what I call them—nutters. 
uh, have the loudest mouth. And um, and so you often need to go, well, how many nutters am I actually listening to? And is it a, a vast majority of them, or is it just one that's been really, really loud that it sounds like there's 10 of them? <laughs> and that is the truth. I've actually really had a good look about uh, those who are responding to um, and not, not just the government's uh, plan of, of moving forward, but just to ourselves, our own plan of moving forward. And, and I tell you what, there's not, it's just common sense. So I ask you a question, who do you care about first? You go, me and my family, the community I live in, this country I live in, I want everybody to be healthy and safe. And that's always the first conversation I get back. And then comes the conversation, we need to get back to work, but we need to do it in a safe manner. There's a lot more conversation about getting back to work in a safe manner than there is a how let's all catch COVID so we can get back to work. That, that kind of that kind of recourse is just it's dying away. Because the places that did try that, it didn't work. I'm thinking of Sweden. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, look, I, I do care for for what's happening around the world because we're all part of this global house. Um, it's the only world we've got, um, and and because New Zealand relies heavily on, on the global markets, that's where our business is, it's out there in that community, we need to be paying attention to, again, extending that care value that we have out to out to our neighbours, out to the, the nations of the world, the families of the world. Uh, we need to be doing that. Uh, I think that, um, that that will help us to maintain, and dare I say it, maintain our business links, which are important to us. Um, we, we need to we need to be always fronting a positive foot, always uh, in respect um, to the way we we both manage our business globally and the way we manage our relationships. Um, business does isn't determined on just your product; it's determined on how well you make a friend. And if you make a friend, they stay with you no matter how long it is. So, so I think that. Some kind words here and there, and I think that our leaders, irrespective of which parties they've been a part of, have, have extended some kind words around the world. Um, and, and I think that's one good thing that we have um, in respect to our politicians. Um, they're aware of the value of being of being caring. Um, but, but again, I, I think that deep down, every New Zealander wants to care whether you're blue, black and white, red, pink, light blue. You, you can have all the, all the shades of the rainbow here. They're all... They're all the same. I think one of the things that this has shown us is that change is possible. It's going to make it real challenging for any politician that turns around and says, oh, we, we could do that, but it's just too hard or it's going to take too long, that we can now say, well, actually, remember 2020? Look at what we did. Well, if, if we look back... Um you know, at 1918, the event of, uh, of the Spanish flu back then, um, everybody said, we've got to get the business going straight away. Um, we had a, a terrible time in the world at that time, and there were some dramatic changes that went on then. There was some social restructuring. There was more care put into the way workers were treated at work. People People wanted their business to get to get uh, going as quickly as they could, but they also un understood that there was some the new values needed to take place. I, I think we're in that same position where where we have the ability to to make some changes that are constructive. I think that um, that we've got the opportunity to make changes not just um, 
not just in the way we do business, but even the way we treat each other. Um, what seems to be really strong here, um, there, there is a really strong focus on the relationship between um, the cultural relationship between New Zealanders and Māori, and um, and how that how this COVID um, this COVID problem has brought a focus for Māori on their ability to take care of themselves, on their mana mutu hake, um, the, the way that they deliver um, response um, is not entirely the way that New Zealanders in general deliver it, but that's that's the value of their cultural input, and um, and it's really important for them um, to be allowed to to deviate away from the norm, um, and I think that it works. And what I've noticed is that um, in general, most New Zealanders now understand um, the rationale between why and and uh, why Māori think differently. Um, Let's take, for instance, as an example, the, the, the border closures um, in, in places like the far north and, and um, far north Upper Nui. Uh, the border closures, oh, God, I couldn't believe the amount of horrible rhetoric that we're talking about. You can't do that. It's against the law. But I tell you what, Mali stood, uh, they stood strong in those areas. Uh, those iwi stood strong. They uh, they took control of the of the rohe, and their focus was mainly about the care and welfare of those who who were susceptible um, to uh, or, or could be compromised with their health uh, or were elderly. They took care of them, and as as it went on, when when the, when things were lightened up. People took another look at that, and I'm talking about New Zealanders in general. And I started to see a lot more commentary about what a great idea. We understand where that where that was. We understand the motivation of why um, Māori were like that, considering they lost so much of their people in the in the earlier flu outbreaks. Um, so there was a turn there, and I think that you can you can try and tell people that you have to change, but it's actually people themselves that will change. People, people, if they see a good thing, they will make that change. It's absolutely, absolutely, it's the number one thing. It's, it's like fads and fashions. Uh, you know, when people understand, that. a good example is like I, I was really anti-naturist until I actually went down to one of those beaches and got an eyeful and went, wow, this looks really, really strange, uh, yet subtly enjoyable. Um, <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I sat down there with a couple of guys and I, I was talking and, you know, after a while I stopped looking at their, their parts and wiggly bits and um, and we got talking about about why they, they were the way they, they were. And um, I actually understood in the end it was it was never about um, uh, parading their, their nudity. It was about their freedom to be without the shackles of, of, um, of, uh, of material um objects and like clothing and stuff it was their chance to just be free and and i guess in the end that's what we really want we want the ability to be free but with within within a, an acceptable norm bubble sprite of the forest of orakanui Dunedin's favorite goddess tahu mackenzie Kia ora koutou, nā mihi arohanui, kia koutou kotaua hau. I hope you're all having the best day, beautiful superstars in your beloved universes. And I really hope that whatever is happening around you, and wherever you are, this journey that we're all on together is proving to be very rewarding. 
very fulfilling, very sustaining and illuminating for you more and more each day who you are, a triumph of nature's art, perfect, unique and here making things better. Thank you. So as we all know, I'm supremely grateful to be sharing my time with you and at this time that we're sharing together, I am still embarking each day on my recovery mode process, having had a very exciting mystery fever sequence and stay at Stuneedon Public Hospital, which was very wonderful and I was very well looked after. And so for the rest of this week, I am at the Palatial Mansion with Poirot and Hastings, the beautiful kittens. Now Wahine Atahua, the beautiful hey hey, the beautiful hens. Amazing Harvey Penfold, my wonderful partner, and of course our many creative projects. And today, at long last, a newly adapted, Balclutha built, aviary slash hen closure slash hen house, nesting house, was delivered to us at our beautiful, beautiful whare. And it turned out to be much bigger, much more capacious than I had at first understood it to be from the advert on Facebook Marketplace. And even though I'd had ongoing discussion with the creator of this beautiful potential home for Nawahine Atahua, I still hadn't fully grasped the dimensions of the structure. And so now at the front of our house, we have this beautiful hen closure and some nesting boxes which were created to be part of it. And I may need to on-sell these for some other beautiful hay hay in the community. And of course, this got me thinking about all the various forms of homes that surround us constantly and all the various forms of nurturing that surround us constantly, of which we are a part, and how at times in our life we move between different forms of homes and homemaking and different forms of nurturing and allowing ourselves to be nurtured and how this of course is part of the co-evolution that we're all participating in. So at this time with Nabahine Atahua, the beautiful hey hey, the beautiful hens, each day I put out lots of yummy food for them and all of this food of course is a form of nurturing homes, all of this food, the oranges, the apples, the pears, the bananas, the corn, the various seeds in the scratch and lay from top flight that they love to eat. These are all tiny, tiny little offspring of these beautiful plants that are being housed inside this wonderful, nourishing, beautiful fruit and are being cared for inside this fruit to go on and grow in a new form thanks to these precious little seeds that are inside and part of me caring for the hay hay is making sure that they have all this delicious food that they really love that they feel really comfortable in their home that we have constructed for them and in return they of course very kindly very generously give us beautiful eggs which we enjoy eating and the cats enjoy eating and of course with this new home that has arrived, I will gift it back to the community in one form or another, and it can go on to nurture other beautiful creatures. But I was really struck today with that sense of how 
we are constantly surrounded by different forms of nurturing and we are constantly being nurtured and of course at this time we are being asked to be nurturing on a national scale on a global scale as well as on an everyday local scale wearing our masks and observing social distancing but this is because for millions and millions of years we have co-evolved to care for each other and not only care for each other but care for all life that surrounds us and I think we're very very good at it so I really hope that wherever you are and what's whatever is happening around you you're really feeling that nurturing and you are really enjoying giving that nurturing in return and I'll look forward to speaking to you tomorrow. Thanks so much. Kakiti. What do you think we can learn from this for those intergenerational sorts of questions, the, the climate change, um, biodiversity collapse, social injustice? Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good question. And, I, you know, now you're going to make me drag my, my PhD out and... Uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't do too good in that at all. Um, you know, what can we do for sustainability? What can we do for environmental change? I think we were already heading down those 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 roads long before COVID came around. I think what COVID has given us is, is the ability to accelerate those changes um, and and to make to make a new nation and and for a new nation to be a part of a new world. Um, it's given us the opportunity, COVID's given us the opportunity to reset everything, um, to reset the foundations of of our environmental um, targets, of where we want to be in our sustainability. But we can now set them down as positive pathways instead of shall we do this and, and then have several debates over about 20 years of whether we do it or not. We actually now know that it's, it's acceptable to have a mind to want to change, and it's it's now acceptable for us to uh, put that into motion a lot sooner than later. Um, Sustainability-wise, I think that yeah, no, I still agree that that that, um, that we we had already started down these roads long before COVID came, and and COVID has accelerated our desire to make change. Maybe it's something about the words. If we start referring to instead of climate change, climate crisis and talk about biodiversity collapse, it might give it some of the urgency that the pandemic has had. We've never had a situation where climate change starts next Tuesday. We've got to do something by then. Yeah, I I think, too, um, we're using a few too many negative phrases instead of positive phrases, when we talk about um, environmental change and we talk about climate collapse, those are kind of scary negative words. There's nothing positive about that at all. When we should be using words like, let's reset our environment, let's let's reset the way that we, we do things in our life. Let's, you know, reset's a nice word. It means, hey, I, I'm going to I'm going to start again over here. Um, uh, let's let's build um, build our environmental care into the way we operate our industry, the way we operate our business. You know, it's using good phrases and good uh, uh, terminologies instead of negative things. You know, if you don't if you don't cut down your emissions, um, the world's going to die in in, in, in in fifty years. But those are, are too negative, and, and people go, "That's too hard to do. I can't do that." When if we say, "Look, hey." What can we do to help me shift from 
um, this range of um, of, uh, of uh, output of, of pollutants to this range. What can we do to help you do that? They're all positive phrases. And, and I think that we've, what we've got the ability to do is reset the way we even talk about climate change, the way we talk about pollutions, the way we talk about um, the interaction with, with labour issues, all of those sort of things. Let's stop the negative talk. Let's stop the lineup on either side of the table and let's look at what we are doing. Uh, if, if, if I'm a Kiefer grower, I want to be sitting at the table with growers, pack houses, workers who are pickers, workers who work in pack houses, the market, and say, this is what we've got to produce. How can we make sure that we're producing a beautiful product in a sustainable and environmentally friendly way? All positive words. I'm not telling you what I'm going to pay you per hour or that. I'm, I'm just talking about what can we do to produce a beautiful product in an environmentally friendly way. Let's Thanks take lingo. Let's take the second of your music choices. You've got some explaining to do here. <laughs> you know, I used to play in a band. <laughs> and and I, I, you've got this is funny. I used to play in a band, and one of those was I went to a fancy dress ball, and I dressed up as a pretty French maid in a, one of those maid, little maid costumes. I got dressing up like that from, um, from ACDC, and... Um, and so I decided to, to dress up in this pretty French maid. And the guys in the band, we started, we, well, I thought we would play my normal stuff with us, which is our starting song was a song called April Sun in Cuba. And um, I thought, we're going to get into that. This is going to be rip -roaring. They started with I Am Woman by Helen Reedy. <laughs> and, you know, when you're, when you're in front of an audience, the best thing you can do is pretend you know the words and get on with it. <laughs> And ever since they did that to me, I actually learnt the words. I know them backwards. And every time I was always afraid they'd play it the first song again. They've never done that to me. But I had the chance when I was learning the words to actually actually understand them. And so I understood the words. It's a very powerful song. It's 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 it motivated me to understand that, you know, I needed to take a look at my wife. I needed to take a look at my daughter. I needed to take a look at my nieces. And I needed to make sure that, hey, are they different to me? Are they are they being treated different to me? And and the conclusion I got to was, yeah, they were. And it wasn't a nice look. And um and so every time I'm I I, I think about how um how uh, uh, chauvinistic I get, I play that song, and it it brings me back to reality and stands me back in the face and says, hey, remember this song? And, um, and, you know, it's from start to finish. That song is powerful, from start to finish. And I, 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 um, I then had the audacity to go and meet Helen Reddy. <laughs> <laughs> I actually travelled to Australia to meet her because I was in love with the song and its words. And, um, and uh, she, it was funny, she... she didn't struck, strike me as 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 a, a feminist. She she said even she was amazed at how the song took off, um, and and um, it was a song for her to start with, and it had some real emotional um, uh, investment by her, but it became a powerful anthem for an entire generation of women 
and it's still a powerful anthem for a new generation of women. So, yeah, it's a fantastic song. I am woman, hear me roar In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend Cause I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I am wise But it's wisdom for the pain Yes, I paid the price But look how much I gained If I have to, I can do anything I am strong It only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal And I come back even stronger, not a novice any longer Cause you deepen the conviction in my soul Oh yes, I am wise, but it's wisdom for the pain Yes, I pay the price, but look how much I Helen Reedy, I suppose, is, is to music what Helen Clark um, has been to politics in New Zealand. She has been so inspiring and has inspired this remarkable new crop of, of young female politicians who are driving amazing social change. It's exciting times for us. So, yeah, when you, you told me that song, that's what came to my mind. That has been an anthem all through my life and then um, and then immediately brought me to Helen Clark and, yeah, what she's achieved. So thank you for that. 
So I have some questions to end with and close to negative time to get through them. So we're going to have to have quick answers. What's the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years? Uh, Probably the ability to educate several thousand of uh, of my hapu through the um, the the ability for our horticultural business to grow. So one of the focuses by by my tipuna was a focus around educating our kids, um, giving them the advantages that we didn't need to rely on handouts to get done. Um, the next step probably is the ability to influence other Māori organisations, other Māori businesses in the way that they um, they respond to the needs of their communities. So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you're on our team. What's the superpower that's got you into our mansion? Oh, I tell you what it is. It's that I'm sneaky. I've got to sneak. I'm the invisible person. I sneak around and I pinch all the rich people's wallets. And I'm the Robin Hood of, 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 of the Marvel gang. <laughs> Do you consider yourself to be an activist? Um, yes, I am. I'm, I'm, but but I'm, I'm not an activist in the in the traditional sense. I'm a positive activist. And there needs to be activism around positive things. So you don't need the traditional negative. The that usually encompasses activism. The activism today can be positive. What motivates you? What gets you out of bed in the morning? My mokupuna. But uh, uh, besides that, I. Um, I'm a really good cook, so I can't wait to get up and cook me something to eat. I, I, um, I get motivated in the morning by food. Nothing else, food. <laughs> what challenge are you looking forward to in the next year or so? Uh, probably um, being able to... Um, uh, being able to, to, to stand down from my many roles that I've had uh, because I'm pretty... I'm pretty satisfied and really quite um, uh, excited about the new crop of directors that are coming through that are young and Māori. I'm excited about those that are young Māori and women. Um, I think that that um, they need the opportunity to um, run our family businesses as soon as we can give it to them rather than wait until I'm doddering old and they're doddering and old and, and they, they're not quite in the full energy. So, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to now. And lastly, do you have any advice for our listeners? Yeah, don't worry, be happy. But um, besides that, no, try and turn try and turn a negative moment into a positive. It seems, it seems at first that it's difficult. It's not. Not once you find out what actually the core of that negativity is. Once you find the core of that negativity, it's very easy to turn it into a positive. Try it. Just don't react to people that are negative. Try it and do something positive with it. Thank you very much for that. Mawera. Uh, remember, uh, Ratahi, before you said that um, as Māori, we're good at making a feast from a leather boot. And I think that's something that COVID has helped our whole community to relearn how to do. Hey, I really like that. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, you're welcome. (laughs) 
je m'équipais d'armure dorée, d'une belle épée, d'amour donné. Tu répondais d'un mur douillé, d'un bel été, d'une mort noyée. Je t'ai passé des sons, t'as tapé le gong, j'ai fait ton ping-pong et rentré dans ta ronde. La plage, les tongs, des sacs et des bonges, des sapes et des tons et t'as passé l'éponge. Claqué des cons, cassé tes ongles, attendre des plombs, passer dans l'onde, attendez le bon, t'as pété les plombs. Au coin de ma tombe, je fais des bonbons, j'éclate des gonds, je chie sur le bronze, ma belle colombe, où sont tes talons, tes miettes de sein, ça pique et ça nique. Que j'arrête demain, ma belle électrique. Je l'ai prise par la main, délit des lots. Je l'ai mise dans mon bain, Nelly Mélo. Je l'ai prise par les seins, délit Mélo. Je l'ai mise dans mon bain, Nella dans l'eau. Bla 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 bla. En sac à main, une sale gamine du rouge carmin au bout. Des doigts te brisent tes ailes d'un battement de cils Elle est si belle, soudaine sans remords Amène ton cœur sanglant, elle le mort Te donne son corps, t'en rend accro Te tire trois balles, poupoum dans le dos Et sur le trottoir, y'a des cœurs qui saignent Des cerveaux dans le noir, des yeux compris, des peignes Des histoires d'amour retournant fâchés Où tous les discounts sont que du temps gâché Des contrefaçons, d'amour en suçon Te laisse des sons, amer du sang Sa bouche t'invite, son cul t'habite Évite de vite, la messe est vite Je l'ai prise par la main Délit des lots, je l'ai mise dans mon bain, Nelly Mélo. Je l'ai prise par les seins, Délit Mélo. Je l'ai mise dans mon bain. You've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at 3 and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay Dunedin with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and Ratahi Cross in Gisborne We hope you enjoyed the show This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.